Well, good morning, Door of Hope. It is Valentine's Day. It's about 6.30 a.m. I'm in my home office in the midst of this crazy winter wonderland that we have found ourselves in. You know, over the last many weeks, we've been looking at the importance of church through the metaphors used to describe it. And as I was reflecting on what kind of devotion I wanted to bring to you today, I thought it would be important to consider what I would say is the, the common thread that runs through each metaphor. And that is what I would call the distinguishing mark of the disciple. It is agape love. On a day in which the world celebrates eros, romantic love, this is a day in which we are to celebrate what I would call the distinguishing mark of the disciple. Jesus in John chapter 13, which is where I'm going to read from, speaking to his disciples in the upper room, made this amazing and beautiful statement around community love. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice that this commandment, this 11th commandment, speaks to what I would call a double obligation. Jesus is not here negating our responsibility to mankind in general or replacing the old commandment of loving your neighbor. In fact, Jesus himself in Matthew 22 said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hangs the law and the prophets. The dignity of a humanity made in God's image demands that we love our neighbor at all cost. And who is our neighbor? Everybody. So the new commandment, what I would even call the 11th commandment, if you will, only reinforces the old. For if we are to love all men and women generally, how much more then uh, shall we love those who share in the life of Christ with us? It is indeed a double obligation. It's what Francis Schaeffer calls an observable love. Is it something that the world sees? For as I have said many a time, this is the only tangible evidence that we are truly children of God. It is our double obligation. It's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. A special love for the family of faith. You see, the importance of this new commandment cannot be understated, for it gives the world the evidence that the one whom we have placed our faith is real, is true. Because Jesus wants to make himself known through his church, through his children, and it is the distinguishing mark of the disciple. They will know you are my disciples, not by your theology, not by your morality, but by your ability to live 
with this sacrificial love, this self-giving love. It's what gives the world a vision of grace, the one-way love of God that comes to us not because we're lovable, but comes to us in spite of the fact that we are often unlovable. You see, we are the body of Christ, drawing others into that body by our witness to his great love that we express toward one another. What we want people to see when they come into Door of Hope is that we are a community that cares so deeply for one another that people long to be a part of this family. Um, you know, Jesus gives us the new commandment, but we have to remember that he himself is our pattern. What does he say? As I have loved you. So when we ask the question then, what does it mean to live out agape love? What is the quality of this love? Uh, we have to, first of all, state something that is obvious to anyone who spends time with Christ and spends time in the scriptures, that the love that Christ exhibited toward us, toward humanity, is impossible. Uh, it is an impossible standard that is required of us now. Because the cross is how love must be defined for us. But the good news for us is that to become born again is to receive the very Spirit of Christ within us. And we are told that the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God in our hearts. But the best way to define this love is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, how desperately we need to rescue the idea of Christian love from sentimentality. His love, first of all, was active. First John chapter 3, verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. I think... I'm often convicted by this. My family is a family that we say that we love one another so much, uh, but sometimes uh, the talk doesn't connect to the actions. And I know I have been convicted of this, that I say I love you to Darcy or to my kids, but there are times when my, my life is not communicating that love. There's there are the words that are coming, but there is not the sacrifice that is being expressed. Uh, and the question that I would have for you is, do you talk the good talk? Do you say you have love for the community of faith? I mean, isn't it troubling to us that there are so many, and maybe you're watching this today, and you're one of those people that say, I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. Uh, I love Jesus, but the church has hurt me too much. That is to push against the very thing that Jesus says is the, the first evidence that we are truly born again, that we are his children, that we are his disciples. It is manifested, not first and foremost in how we love those outside of the church, but those who are outside of the church experience the love of Christ first and foremost by what they witness in the church by how we live life together. And you can't say you love Jesus and reject his people. It just doesn't work that way. And I don't care how dysfunctional 
the church can be and I recognize that it is that because we may be saints but the only thing that makes a saint a saint is that it's that a saint is a sinner who's been forgiven so sin continues to be an issue but we have to recognize that in order for love to be active, we need to be close enough to others. There needs to be a proximity to a community to express that love in deed and in truth, not just in word. Jesus' love wasn't only active, but it was also self-forgetful. Eros is often a self-satisfying love. It is a self-centered love at its worst um, where it objectifies the object of its love for its own good but agape love is something that is so beautiful and so foreign to the world and yet we long to experience it because we're made in the image of god we are made for this kind of love but sin has rendered us impotent in our ability to express it apart from that new birth. His love was self-forgetful. Romans 15.3 says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Are you driven by your needs? Or are you driven by the needs of those around you? That self-forgetfulness is such a beautiful thing when it is witnessed in the church. This isn't about us not having unique personalities. It's not about a, a disappearance of self. It's about a, a discovery of who we are as we lay aside our needs for the good of those around us. Are you driven by what you need, what you want, or are you driven by what others need? I think third, his love was self-sacrificing. Greater love, John 15, 13 states, has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus' own words to his disciples as he was about to go to the cross. Christ cannot merely be the pattern but he must be our motivation as well as the source of power. We can't imitate Christ apart from Christ coming to dwell within us. And we need to understand that Jesus showed us a love that was active, a love that put others' needs before his own, a love that was ultimately self-sacrificing. He literally laid down his life for us. What does it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14? For the love of Christ compels us. I've often said that the only thing that motivates sanctification or the progress in the Christian life, moving toward maturity, is knowing that on our worst day, Jesus is crazy about us. Do you know that today? And a day like Valentine's Day, some of you are feeling nothing but loneliness in this time that we find ourselves in. And I pray today you would know Jesus is closer to you than, he, than we are to our own thoughts. He loves you with an everlasting love. He is for you. And he has proven that he is for you by his willingness to lay down his life for you. 
we must continually bring ourselves under the influence of this agape love, this self-sacrificing love. Romans 5.5, 5, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. This is why Jesus says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus, by this very statement, gives the world the authority to judge our authenticity on the basis of our observable love toward one another. I want you to take that in. That is the most important thing I can say to you today. That Jesus, by this very statement, gives the world the authority to judge our authenticity on the basis of our observable love toward one another. If we are not unified in our love toward one another, not only will the world judge us as hypocrites, but God will remain unseen to the lost. Jesus said in John 17, 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is the final apologetic, if I could borrow from Francis Schaeffer. In other words, the invisible God becomes seen in our love toward one another. The world does not care about our doctrine if they do not see our love. Our doctrine must transform so fully into a community of love that the unseen God becomes seen. This is what we mean when we call, uh, call it incarnational living. We are making Jesus seen by how we care for one another. The new commandment has Christ's presence as a promise. First John 4.12, no one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Maybe Christ hasn't been real to you because you have been failing in his command to love. You do it unto me. Do it unto me. Jesus said. What a powerful statement. Whenever we love another, we are doing it unto him. When we love another, we are doing it unto Christ. And it's then that we become connected to him. Our intimacy with Jesus is dependent upon our willingness to pour out our lives for others. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 20, why is it so important that we gather? Why is this so hard to understand? For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And my name speaks of his character. So when we gather in his love, he is with us. And so I leave you with this quote by Mother Teresa this morning. Dearest Lord, may I see you today and every day in the person of your sick and whilst nursing them minister unto you though you hide yourself behind the unattractive disguise of the irritable the exacting the unreasonable may i still recognize you and say jesus my patient how sweet it is to serve you what do we do when we fail in this love this is a question that we have to ask because we all are going to fail in this love. 
to live a visible love, we just have to begin with saying, I'm sorry. And we must live with open forgiveness. To reflect the love of Jesus is to be quick to say I'm sorry and to be quick to offer forgiveness. The world is watching us, guys. And I pray that they would see Jesus working in us and through us today. I pray that we as a community of faith would be defined far more by agape than eros. May we supernaturally and naturally reflect our King, our Savior, and our Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we pray that your love would define us, that your love would shape us, that your love would be manifested through us, that our community would be known for its love for one another, and that this would be our witness to the world. I pray, Lord, that people, when they experience our community together, in essence, would be experiencing you. And so, Jesus, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this morning. May we know you, may we love you, and may we walk with you always. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great day. Wake from your sleep Rise from the dead Christ will give us light He will lift our heads We'll turn to Him in song Awake in the dawn Awake from your sleep it's nearer than before Salvation is here He's knocking at our door Turn to Him in song Awake in the dawn God knows all we want to do is sing Till there's nothing left to bring To the seat of grace we climb Step by step through these difficult times God knows all we want to do is sing Till there's nothing left to bring To the seat of grace we climb Step by step through these difficult times God knows all we want to do is sing Till there's nothing left to bring To the seat of grace we climb Step by step through these difficult times 
awake from your sleep, arise from the dead.